in divorce, it's always about the money. It's always about the pain. It's always about the separation of the children and the assets. But what if you can't find the money? What if you have been a stay-at-home parent and have absolutely no idea where the money is? What if you suspect that they might have been hiding money? That's always the case. Let's be honest. Most people that go through a divorce go to their lawyer and said, I don't know where the money is. Just part of the deal. So with a narcissist, it's not just about the money. Let's be really clear. With a narcissist, it's about control. It's always been about control. Controlling that you don't know anything about the money, for example. But controlling the money, the purse. Remember, entitlement is their, their main characteristic. So they're entitled to their money. What's yours is theirs. And what's theirs is theirs. So today we're going to talk with my friend, Tracy Koenig. And we're going to talk about her new book called Find Me the Money. And this is a way to uncover the money and do some of this by yourself or just know where to dig it, it we all end up with a detective hat on when we're going through a divorce we are like glued to like research and understanding or at least getting someone else who can if we're not able to do that but today she's going to give us some head tips and how do we know how do we really know they're hiding money so let's talk to tracy and see what she's got to offer us my name is also Tracy. I am Tracy Malone. I am the founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. I'm the author of Divorcing Your Narcissist, You Can't Make This Shit Up. And I am an international divorce coach and, an, and a narcissistic abuse coach all over the world. See the map behind me? All of the different clients I've had from China to Russia. So I am here to help you guys. But today, Tracy's going to educate us. So let's go meet Tracy and see what she's got to say. Hi, Tracy. I'm so excited that you're back to see me again. Me too. Second time. I love it. I know. And you have a new book, which is behind you and which is in my hand, Find Me the Money. And this is such an amazing thing. But before we start, can you just tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a forensic accountant, so I find money. So that, of course, was the inspiration for the title. I do fraud investigations. So a lot of the work that I do is in the corporate world when executives are stealing money or companies have disputes about how much money was lost, where did money go, things like that. But some of the work that I do is on the personal side in divorces. So I am helping people who are going through the process of divorce who have concerns about their spouse hiding money. And I try to figure out what's been going on with the money. So I spend a lot of time looking at bank statements, credit card statements, really digging into exactly where that money has gone. I would imagine, because I only talk to people who are in a narcissistic divorce, which everybody comes out saying they think that the other partner is hiding money. That's without question because of the nature of the beast. However, I know that in normal divorces, this also occurs. What are the signs? Like if someone is going, I don't know, like they come out of the gate, I'm sure they run into their lawyer's office with that suspicion, but what are the flags that they should be going? That was weird. That was weird. I really think they're hiding money because of these things. What should they be looking for? Yeah, I talk a lot about red flags of fraud because I think it's important for people to be aware of what to look for. In the marriage that is heading potentially towards divorce, or we are really close or you're starting the divorce process, 
Things that concern me about a spouse are changes in behavior, especially when it relates to money. So for example, you previously had access to online banking, and now suddenly you go to log in, you get a notification that the password's been changed, you ask your spouse for the password, and they deflect, oh, oh, I, I screwed it up and I had to change the password, I'll get that to you, something like that. Or even worse, if they're saying, oh, don't worry about it, I've got it handled, you don't need to see that. When they are changing what access you have to financial information, that's a problem. When they're changing their behavior in general, like their schedule is changing, they can't account for their whereabouts, they don't know where, they don't want you to know where they've been, they won't let you see their phone, you know, they guard that phone with their lives. Those kinds of things are always concerning. What I usually think about with those behavioral kinds of things is that they might be having an affair. And affairs are very highly correlated to financial infidelity because you have to hide the money that you're using for the affair. So the affair isn't found out all very complicated, but those are kind of some of the, some of the biggest, most common signs that I see. Yeah. And, and everything that you're saying, again, it, it aligns with the, um, having an affair, you know, all of a sudden they start going to the gym and they never did in their life and they bought all new clothes or new underwear. And like, that's like a lot of the affair kind of things, but the financial infidelity often starts not that they haven't been talking it away for all the years because they're a narcissist, but when those sort of things happen, I've had clients look and go, oh my goodness, my husband who they're still married to just took his girlfriend to the olympics in like the other side of the world and spent forty thousand dollars and like that's where they start to panic like this is this is the flag and that's what i'm seeing so what happens when someone finds say that forty thousand dollars that they just took a trip to dubai with their girlfriend well we do have a chance to get that money back the money is spent, gone, right? It's not sitting on a pile waiting for you to come collect it from your spouse. But if we are able to prove how much money was spent on that affair partner, we do have a chance of getting it back when we are doing a property division. So that's the most common way that I see. So let's say you have a hundred grand of equity in the family home. In many divorces, a judge is going to look at splitting that 50-50. And you know, not always, there are reasons why it could be more or less, but 50-50 is kind of the common starting point. So if your half of that was $50,000, that equity in the house, but your spouse spent 40 grand on an affair, half of that 40 was yours. So $20,000 is maybe extra equity that you could get in the house. So instead of getting half of the 100,000, you could get half plus 20. So I don't want to do fancy math here today, but that is one way. So if there is a house to be split, if there is a retirement account or other investments to be split, that's an opportunity, but only if you can prove how much was spent, which is why it's so important to go through all the statements and find all those transactions. So finding the statements and going through them is the first step. Is there other things that they should be doing to find the money? Well, the first most important thing is getting statements for all the accounts that you know about. Um, no matter where you are in this process, even if you haven't started down the path of divorce, you're just thinking about it. You're just concerned about the money. Start getting statements for all the accounts that you know about and you have legal access to because having that data, that information is the starting point. And I always tell people, 
Get the statements, put them in a safe place where they can't disappear because you never know when you might lose access to online banking or you might say, oh, we've got bank statements printed out and in a desk drawer at home. Hey, those might disappear someday. You never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, copy them, get them off-site if you can. Uh, yes. I've had people, like, when they've hidden things like that, they've been discovered, right? So that's right. why I'm always an advocate to send them to your mother, send them to your, your friend down the street that can hold them for you in their basement because that is gold to the narcissist. They're not, they're going to fight. They're going to stonewall the court. They're not going to give them records. And so if you have an advanced warning of that and you've already gathered that stuff, they're going to try to, you know, sabotage that. So really getting that stuff out. Once they have those tax statements, and, or we didn't even talk about tax statements, but I know a lot of people that are in my, my, my group of clients are people who have been maybe stay-at-home moms, maybe people who didn't have any access to this financial stuff. So we're talking about people, go print them out, go to the bank before they cut you off. But what if you don't even have that? I spoke with right. her this morning and she's like, I have no access. I have no idea where anything is. Where do you start there? That's a completely different game. And it's a really great question because so many of the people that I work with in the Divorce Money Guide have that exact problem. I've not been involved with the finances. I don't know where to start. What I walk people through is that very beginning thing, understanding what the financial part of your divorce is going to be all about, things you're going to have to do and know to get through that process. But then we focus on how do you get bank statements? You know, how do you get into online banking to get them? If you can't get into online banking, is there an option to get them? Like with the tax returns, oh my gosh, one of the favorite tactics of the narcissist is to hold those tax returns hostage, right? Nope, you can't have them. Or if we had an accountant, you call the accountant and say, can I get copies of tax return? The accountant says, nope, so sorry, or won't return your calls, right? Because they've been instructed by the narcissist not to let the spouse. It's dirty and it's wrong. But guess what? You can go directly to the IRS and get those tax returns without your spouse's consent without your spouse's knowledge, they don't have anything to do with it. If your name was on a tax return, you have a right to get that directly from the IRS without their input. So I walk people through, I've got tutorial videos where I literally, I do a screen share and show you, go here, click here, click here. It's super easy if someone is showing you what to do. And so uh, you, you just got me really excited because empowering people who never had any control over that process before is really fun for me. Yeah, because it, it it changes their their level of fear, right? It's it's that so much fear is sitting in their heart right at that moment when I don't know, and 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 therefore if they don't know, they tend to catastrophize. I don't I don't I'm not entitled right. to anything. They said I'll never get anything. That's the gaslighting, right? Um, right. My ex, um, we had his family's accountant do our taxes, which. I was like weirded out. I'm like, I'm a grown person. I don't need your mommy, daddy accountant doing our taxes, but this is how we've always done it. And it's very complicated to talk mm -hmm. to them, right? But then during the divorce, this son of a bitch would not give me anything. And he would scream at me. He would scream at my lawyers. Um, I believe we did go to the IRS. I believe my lawyers knew that trick and we went ahead and, and went around him. 
but ironically that guy I mean he was just the nastiest like minion for them like standing guard over my returns and my life right you know it wasn't anything to do with his family's life it was my tax returns but he blocked it for them and so well you know the challenges well, here's what's really interesting is many people's attorneys will say, oh, yeah, we can get the tax return, sign this form, and we'll send it into the IRS. That's all fine and well. We don't even need to do that. We can go online and get them ourselves immediately. We don't have to fool with that form, wait 30 or 60 days. We don't have to do any of that. We can go online. All you've got to do is verify your identity. They have a process for you to verify it with your ID and things like that. And once you do that, you get online access. You can get whatever you want print it out. And here's the thing. Probably a lot of people are listening right now saying, I wouldn't know what to look for in the tax returns, or I wouldn't know what to look for in the bank statements. So I'm not going to get them. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to encourage you to just get them. Even if you never, ever really look at them, or you don't plan on it, the act of getting that information in your hands is so empowering to you. And maybe someday you'll look, maybe someday you'll have someone like your attorney or a forensic accountant look at them with you, or maybe you'll just have a friend who is an accountant or a friend who's good with numbers might look at them with you. But even if you don't ever plan on, get, on looking at them, just get them. It is such a good feeling if you've not had information before to have that in your hands. And, and I think when the clients have had no access to anything they have like a financial illiteracy to it like they don't even know what that means they're looking at it and they're just like what am i looking for so if they're looking at they, they got those scored those statements and let's just say it's it's banking statements or credit cards and they've scored them what are they scanning for you said they should be scanning them and looking what are the clues what are we looking for in that because it just says grocery store and cvs and dumb things but what are the the gold nuggets that they should be digging for well in general you know your family's habits you know where you shop where you eat, you know when you've been on vacation and should have a hotel stay somewhere. So look for things that don't fit in like that. If you do see a hotel charge, look at the date, look at where that was from. Is that when you were on vacation? Does that make sense? You know, the stores that there were purchases made at, are those stores that you normally shop at? Are they in your town or are they an hour or two away? And some of this, you know, is implied activity related to affairs, right? That one of the most common things that we see when we're looking at these statements is affair related activity. So that's why I talk about looking for hotels, looking for charges in other cities where you, you know your family wasn't at the time, et cetera. So those things related to your normal spending, I would have you look for. And I think most people could pretty quickly identify some things that don't make sense or you just need to ask a question about. Other things that we would look for might be a transfer to another bank account, whether it's at your same bank, but it's an account number that you never saw before, or whether it's at a different bank. I would look for payments to credit cards that you've never heard about before. Those are pretty easy to spot. So with those things, what we're thinking might exist is a secret bank account or a secret credit card. Yeah. And, and mine had that when I was going through it, like I was just like, scanning there and I'm like we don't have that kind of card but there's a payment to it so it was a it was a cookie breadcrumb to sit there and and follow that trail and demand the statements for that account 
which again opens up in you know a whole new light on oh there's a whole nother bucket of statements right that i didn't even know happened and then we're looking for that for transfer right. and changes and big purchases and things that aren't again like you said out of the normally um when and, and i'm using myself here and i don't know why it's coming out today but um my husband on his financial affidavit said that he had a thousand dollars a month in magazines so oh. i threw those statements and proved not one magazine have you ever bought sir nice he's saying he had thousands i'm like what statements please give us the statements that you buy these right. on we'd like to know and then that line was able to be removed because i could look through there and go there's nothing about a magazine here. A thousand dollars a month is not a thousand dollars a year. That should be like there. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, they're like ten dollars. Right. They should have been a thousand of them. We would have been in there a hundred of them to equal that kind of money. And if you are the kind of detective that some of us have to become, you are looking for those little weird things again, not only in when you're looking through it, but when they make those claims and accusations on their statement on their financial affidavit, you can prove those things. If you have that flag going magazines, I never even saw a magazine in our house and I've been with you for 10 years. What are you talking about? Like, that's the kind of detective work that people need, right? Right. And you said something really important. You said if we find evidence that there is another account somewhere or another credit card, we can demand those statements. And I think some of your listeners probably thought, oh gosh, I'm married to a narcissist. He's not going to give us the statements. And that's okay because your attorney can go through the legal process to get those statements directly from that bank or credit card company. They can do a subpoena which will make that company give you those statements. And so it doesn't matter what your narcissist husband says, because we can still get those statements. Wow. We didn't do that. Mine was in contempt six times for never giving statements. And then he showed up with like three things and the judge was like, fine, I'm making my ruling, but we should have known to right. um, because that would have opened a whole nother Pandora's box in my opinion. Right. It really frustrates me when attorneys want to play nice for too long. They make the request. The spouse doesn't comply. They make the request again. And we're waiting, waiting, waiting. They have a deadline. They have 30 days to give it to us. And that deadline passes. So we ask again and we give them another two weeks and the deadline passes and we give them another two weeks. I am not down with that process. I'm down with asking for them once. And if they don't give them to us, we go right to that next step of doing a subpoena because a subpoena is not expensive. And a subpoena means that we are going to get those records directly from the bank within three or four weeks, maybe even faster. And what's really great is we say to the bank, give us all the records in the name of so-and-so. So right then and there, if there are other accounts at that bank in his name, they're going to give us those records. Oh my God, that is such a golden nugget. Thank you. Now, here's my other part of this, because again, not knowing where things are, um, the question is, where are other places that they can be hiding? So we we talked about sort of like the mystery, oh, transfer to Wells Fargo, we don't have that. We have those sort of things. But like mine had secret accounts. I've had clients with money in safe deposit boxes. How do you yes. find stuff like offshore money? How do you find that stuff? It is harder to find when they do things like the safe deposit box, the offshore accounts, things like that. What we are usually looking for is money that's sort of escaping 
our family financial system. So uh, when they're not depositing all of their paychecks. So we do some work to look at what's gone into the family bank account versus what were they paid? And does that make sense? Does that come pretty close? You know, if we if we see the deposits to the bank account were $50,000, but there should have been 80 over the last year, that's a pretty big difference. And so I put that then on the person who is in charge of the finances, they need to prove where did that other $30,000 go? And so, you know, we'll have a hard time on our own proving exactly where that went, but we put it back in their lap. They have to account for where did their paychecks go? And if they can't account for where the paychecks went, the judge can hold them responsible for that money. So that's one thing. The other common thing I see is cash coming out of the bank account, either repeated ATM withdrawals or someone going into the bank, doing a cash withdrawal with a bank teller there. Again, that's a scenario where let's say we found that last year your spouse took out $25,000 in cash by going into the bank branch. He's going to have to account for that. We're going to say, we want to know what that money was spent on. Prove it to us. What was that money spent on? And if he can't, we can say to the judge, judge, this money is missing and he needs to reimburse us for this. Wow. It's not easy, right? They'll have all sorts of arguments. Oh, I needed some walking around money in my pocket. Well, you didn't need $25,000 of that. That's, that's pretty unusual. And so I'm not saying it's easy to win these arguments, but if we can find the money, we have a chance. The first step is actually finding that money. And I see people not looking and they're ending up leaving money on the table by accident. So the first step is looking and finding it. Yeah. And, 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 and what you're saying is, is you, you guys help them get this now people with money people without money how do you help the the range of people because i know you've got a program for people that don't have a large chunk to have you do the forensics want to tell people about what kind of things they could do right the forensic accounting stuff that i get involved in is when there's larger dollar amounts at stake when it's more complicated maybe there's a business involved or some family wealth or you have a very you're a very high earner you have a very high earning spouse that's when I would get involved hands-on. I created the Divorce Money Guide, that online program to help people who aren't going to be hiring a forensic accountant. Because I always like to say that in about 90 to 95% of divorces, it's not that complicated. They don't do that great a job of hiding what they're doing. And the reason is because they think you'll never look. They think you will never look. So they don't cover their tracks. So I can walk you through in the divorce money guide exactly what to look for. When I talk about, let's look to see if they've deposited all their paychecks. I walk you through how you do that analysis. And it's really simple. You know, I have people take, print out the bank statements, take a green highlighter, highlight every paycheck, count up how many there are, look at the amounts. And then I show you how to add up the amounts and determine if, your total for the year is about right. And so I, I walk people through all of these things that honestly, you don't have to be an accountant for. You don't have to be a numbers expert with. Maybe if you're not so comfortable, maybe you need a friend to help you a little bit, but it's stuff you can do yourself. And so the Divorce Money Guide is really that option for the average person to be able to look into this. If you have concerns, you have a right to be able to look into it. So I want to show you how to do that. 
That's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted people to hear because again, they feel trapped. I don't have $10,000, $20,000 to give to a forensic, but I'm very suspicious about this. And, you know, I know that they're playing games. So getting started and, and doing the divorce money guide program that you've got is going to help them if they're in the place where they can do it. But I also say if you're not, and again, I, I'm thinking of some traumatized clients that I've had that you just say the word money and they just start to cry. They're just like so in fear of everything. But right. in that case, you could have your sister, your best friend yes. you and helping you and guiding you so that you're not alone to get these things done. Well, we also have a group coaching option that you can add on to the product. So we have a private Facebook community where we have additional content and we have Ask Tracy Anything. So I can help point you in the right direction. You can talk with other members who might be having some of the same challenges with you. And so hopefully to decrease some of that fear, give you a little bit of extra support. Yeah. You know, getting a divorce from a narcissist is not fun, but doing them financial part is even more scary and yet if people withdraw from it if they just go oh i'll let the lawyers do it i don't really care i i don't have the the wherewithal or the strength to look at this stuff as you said they're leaving money on the table and that was the narcissist's goal if i right. just hide it over here in the backyard or i hide it over here and i'm doing this they're playing the shell game it is just shell game to hide it from us right and to wear you down to hope that you walk away from money right mm -hmm. one of the things i want people to be cautious about too is many times your divorce attorney will say I'll go ahead and look at all the statements or my paralegal will look at all the statements for you and see what we can figure out. And while I appreciate that they are most likely coming from a really good place, they're trying to help you when you can't have a forensic accountant involved. What I will say is it gets really expensive, really fast, and they don't know what they're looking for more than you do. And so I'm hoping that people would want to take a little control over that and, and do the digging themselves because they know their family's finances better than anyone else. Uh, well, I'm telling you, even if you haven't been involved in finances, you know your family's habits. So you might look at account statements and, you know, see certain restaurants that we wouldn't go there. Or you might see, wait a second, we don't spend this much on groceries. We couldn't possibly eat that much in food every month. And Lord knows what else you might see. You know, you might see um, a charge at a car repair shop. Well, we don't have at, at a dealership. We don't have that kind of car. We don't go there to have our cars fixed. And so while you might not know the dollars and cents right now, you know a lot about your family's habits. And that might be the starting point for you to uncovering that something has gone wrong with your money. Yeah. So valuable. What else are they going to learn in your book? find me the money. What else are we missing so, to talk about? Well, find me the money. I love the subtitle of it, right? Take control, uncover the truth and win the money you deserve in your divorce. And so I'm really, um, that take control piece is really important. We've talked about that today. We've talked now about not leaving money on the table. And I really wrote this book because I know that not everyone is going to be able to afford to even do the divorce money guide. I know divorce is incredibly expensive. And so in the book, I wanted people to be able to still get 
some of the some of the tools, some of the learning, some of the um, tips that might help them uncover what's been going on with their money. So that's that's the focus of the book. And I tell it through the story of Jackie, who is getting divorced. And we talk about the five secret thieves of divorce that steal your joy in the process and really try to wear you down. Um, the biggest one or the first one that we talk about being shame. There is a lot of shame that goes along with the divorce process itself and specifically with money. Again, going back to the person who hasn't had a lot of involvement with the money, you might feel shame that you didn't. Why wasn't I watching? Why didn't I know? And I want to help get rid of some of that shame. I want to help show people that you're not alone in this. There are so many other men and women who are experiencing exactly what you are with the finances in your divorce. Um, and so hopefully the book can be a comfort as well as a learning tool for people. Thank you. I've got one last question. Okay. And of the people that you see, and I know this is a very, very general thing, but do you find that there are more women that are financially um, dependent on, on their, on their other? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do find more so women are hands off with the finances and financially dependent on their spouse. And it's just the way that it still is when, especially when children are involved, if one person's going to be able to stay at home by, you know, by it, it's almost always the woman who gives up a career and stays home with the kids. And that is a great opportunity to raise your family. But if you're getting divorced, financially, it makes it really, really difficult. You've now got to go get a job again. You've got to try to resume that career. You're probably behind your peers. You're probably in a position where you're going to need spousal support and child support, at least for a period of time. And so that's really difficult. So I work more so with women in divorce. I wrote the book for women in divorce because of this, because I think there is such a need there. Yeah. And, and, and I don't have too many male clients. I have a lot of male clients, but I don't have them in the financial position that the women tend to come mm -hmm. in with. And, you know, it's heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching for me. It was heart wrenching to fight the battle and then become a detective. You know, I'm like, I right. got enough to do. You want me to do what? And yet, I got through it because I had no other choice. I didn't have um, a florensic and I should have. I, I didn't have the, the the money for all of that. And as it was, my divorce was $100,000. So had Ouch. I to the next level, like it, it, what we were fighting over 25,000. Why? It doesn't make any sense. But going the extra level to, to getting this kind of help may have helped me find the money. But, um, you know, this is why we're here today to help people who are going through this, who feel that handicap, that fear about what do I do now? How do I start? So I'm going to tell everyone to go find your book on find me the money so that they can go out there and learn about it. Is there things on your website that have information that might help them guide them to other things? Absolutely. So uh, the website is fraudcoach.com. And on that site, there, of course, is information about the divorce money guide. The book is there. We have a red flag assessment there. So if you think you've seen some concerning signs with your spouse, but you don't know how concerned to be, you can take this little three or four minute quiz and find out, you know, from my professional perspective, how concerned you should be. 
And that's what I wanted you to tell them about. I'm like, that's such a great tool. So I'm so happy you did. Thank you so much, Tracy. We are the Tracy and Tracy show today. And I am so grateful that you were here with us to help us figure out where to find the money. Well, thanks for having me. You know, I have worked for so long with so many people in divorce and I know how hard it is. And if we can help ease the process, help give them more information and help them have better outcomes in their divorces, uh, that's my goal. And that is a good goal. Together, we will change the world, girl. So thank you for joining me and we will see you again. I hope that you got a little nugget from Tracy because she's really an expert and she knows her stuff. And if you are going through this type of situation and you just don't know where the money is, don't just listen to our 20 minute video, but go buy her book. You know, this is equivalent to hours and hours and hours of her knowledge in, in a $20 book. I, I just am such a promoter of, do you know how much work went into this book? All of her knowledge is here. Take the book, get it, start to like learn how do I find the money and get yourself back on track. You don't have to go through this divorce alone. You don't have to go through handicap not knowing where the money is. Start learning to be a detective. She should issue little detective hats. They should be cute though. And this is Tracy Malone. Thank you so much for joining me. My voice is going, so I better go home now. I will talk to you guys soon. And thank you for joining me. If you haven't liked or subscribed to my channel and you've made it this far, please do. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon.